What is up, podcast community? My name is Michael Chernow, and this is the Creatures of Habit podcast. Habits are everything, and on this show, I will be interviewing some of the most inspiring, motivated, and high-performing humans on the planet to learn about the daily habits, routines, and rituals that help keep them focused, determined, on top of their game, and ultimately, happy. My journey from the depths of addiction and misery to success as a family man and serial entrepreneur was only made possible by replacing bad habits with great ones. And my mission in life today is to share that story and the story of others with you to bring value and life-changing tools to as many people as possible. So sit back, relax, and pay attention because what you hear in this podcast today can potentially change your life. Let's go. Today, I've got a buddy, a guy that inspires me, a guy that has, uh, has done a bunch of things in his uh, short years on the planet. Um, his name is Nate Checkets. He is the co-founder and CEO of Roan, performance lifestyle brand that I absolutely love. Uh, this is not Nate's first rodeo, however. He has founded and launched a number of businesses before he was 30 years old which is pretty incredible. He was just named 40 under 40 by, uh, what was it, Nate? Sport? Uh, Sports Business Journal. Sports Business Journal. No more of the intro, man. I mean, I'm just psyched to be here. And with that kind of an introduction, I mean, I'm just going to bring you around with me everywhere, especially those dulcet tones. I mean, that was pretty impressive. No wonder people listen to this podcast. Really what we're doing here is I am trying to deliver the most valuable content for the listener so that they can take what they hear on this podcast and implement it into their lives. I believe in my heart of hearts that we are a direct, direct ramification of our daily habits. We are what we do, not what we want to be, not what we think, not what we try to do, but we are what we do. And I believe you are one of the doers. And that's why I've asked you to be on the podcast. I just have one question. What is a CEO? What does a CEO do? You know, it's interesting. I saw a video that Simon Sinek had put up and he was posturing effectively like a CEO is a misnomer. It's a bad title because if you think about every other aspect of the business, you have a chief financial officer. This person's responsible for the finances of the business. You have a chief marketing officer. This person is taking marketing strategy, delivering go-to-market you know, executing chief operations, you know, on and on and on. What does a chief executive officer even do, right? And he said, we should consider renaming it to a chief visionary officer. This person sets the tone, they set the vision, they keep inspiring and driving people back. When the company gets off course, they say, we're off course, they bring them back. And I actually really loved that. And it resonated with me because It does feel like the wrong title. And he goes further and he gives a lot of examples on this. And he says, sometimes when a company is in trouble, a private equity firm will go and they will hire a chief financial officer or a chief operations officer, and they will make them the CEO. And inevitably, and this has been studied and researched over and over again, inevitably what will happen is this person will say, we're going to cut costs. We're going to stop investing in these areas so we can save money, so we can try and stabilize the business. When in reality, what a chief vision officer would do would say, hey, we need to pull from over here so that we can invest heavy into making real change. By the way, in saying all of this, 
I'm not under any pretenses that I am great at any of these things. But I do think that what I consider my role to be is setting the tone of the organization, of creating the vision, and then making sure there's clarity of vision across the leaders that I've put in place, but then getting out of their way because I didn't hire a CFO so that I could do the finance and accounting. I want them to do that job. That's kind of how I think about it. And I do think it's a terrible title. Like it's not the right title, I guess, is what I mean. It's so interesting that you say that because I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I've been thinking a lot about this only because I am really trying to define what the future of Creatures of Habit is and my role as leading the charge towards that. The business of business is storytelling as far as I'm concerned. If you're not telling a story, something is, is wrong. And the communication that you put out there, especially the visual communication that you put out there, is not able to tell the story that you as the founder, you as the CEO has in between your two ears, you've done something wrong, right? And so I believe that the CEO of a company is really the voice that tells the story. They don't write the book. They don't sell the book. They don't make the book, but they really are the voice that is telling the story. And they're really good at finding really great, smart people to help them get that book made. If you are not telling a story, then you're just not a brand. You're just selling a product. And that's okay. By the way, there are lots of great companies and businesses that invent a widget and then they're selling a widget, but they're not building a brand. You know, as soon as you launched Creatures of Habit, I think I reached out because we've been friends for a number of years. And, you know, I remember the first time we met, not to make you blush a little bit, but I was just super impressed with you. There are personas on Instagram and you make assumptions about who these people are. But I was so struck by how thoughtful you were. I was really struck by the kind of father and man you are. And you know me, like, that's really important. The people I put in my ecosystem, I want to be surrounded by people who are good, who are striving hard to, you know, take really good care of people and make a difference. And I left our first meeting feeling really impressed. And so when you launch Creatures of Habit, and I love the name, and you had told me about kind of the concept and idea for a while, I was really excited about it because I was like, he's not selling instant oatmeal. He's selling a lifestyle. And that lifestyle is going to come through. And it could be, you know, this incredible product that you have, which I love and have ordered and all the flavors and consume. But beyond that, tomorrow you could say, hey, I've just made the most amazing jump rope and I'm into jump roping. And here's, you know, you could argue that's probably not the right merchandising decision to jump from oatmeal to rope. But the point is, is that you are creating and building a lifestyle and you're challenging that the community that you build around you are people that want either currently live that lifestyle or aspire to live that lifestyle. And that's the difference between a brand and a company that just sells a product. Thank you, man. That means a great deal. And feelings are mutual. Honestly, man, there's a couple of conversations that you and I have had over the years that really meant a lot to me. And I appreciate you in a real way. This podcast is brought to you by, you guessed it, Creatures of Habit. Creatures of Habit is a lifestyle and wellness brand. We launched the brand with a product called The Protagonist. It is a superhuman oatmeal. It is not just regular oatmeal. It is plant-based, dairy-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, packed with 30 grams of plant-based protein, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D3, probiotic, digestive enzymes, truly the best thing you can put in your body to kickstart your day 
used as a pre-workout meal or a post-workout meal. This is a meal, everybody. This is not a snack. This is a meal. It is perfect for on the go. Use promo code K-O-H-P-O-D-20, the number 20. That's K-O-H-P-O-D-20 at checkout when you pop over to creaturesofhabit.com. That is creatures with a K, creaturesofhabit.com. We appreciate you. We love you. And now on to the pod. All right, dude, let's get into the habits here. I would love to hear your morning routine. The most important thing for me that I learned a long time ago is I have to be up early. If I'm not up early, my day just doesn't start right. In all of these things, I'm always sensitive to sharing this kind of stuff because I know what it's like to be on the other side of the podcast when I was growing up and thinking, oh my gosh, now I need to get up at you know, I was getting up at 5.30, now I need to get up at 5 or I need to get up at 4.30. I don't want to create any unnecessary pressure for people, but I will just tell you what's worked for me. And I really strongly believe in writing down a designed habit because you are going to have a never-ending list of extenuating circumstances. And that's what life is. There's a holiday, family comes into town, you're traveling, you're on vacation, you had a brutal day at work, you didn't eat well. There's going to be so many excuses and one of them might not get you off your habit path, but add it up together, they can knock you off. But if you have it written down, you know how to get back on track. You know where the end state is. So I've written what my perfect morning looks like, what I want to do, how I want it to work. It's also changed with my kids because they're a central part to my life and their school habits. So I'm up every day, 5.30 at the latest. I use the whoop band and I like that it can wake me up without waking my wife. It just kind of vibrates awake and it wakes me up during a good part of my sleep cycle. Sometimes it will wake me up at 4.30 and I'm up. I go immediately downstairs. I have a, a shaker cup that I grab and I put in some collagen, water, and a greens mix. And then I head up and I jump into a workout. And my workouts have varied through the years, but generally it's a mix of cardio and and lifting. And then I come downstairs, my son's up by uh, 6.30. So I'm usually back down with him by 6.45, get him out the door and I drive him to school. This is my oldest, Uh, he's in middle school. So I get him to school, come back. Now my other kids are waking up. My middle son loves soccer. So we have a goal chart. I don't know if you can see those three sheets of paper right there. Each one is for one of the kids and they have a sticker chart. And so my oldest son is trying to run two miles 30 times before March 31st. My middle son wants to do 30 soccer practices before March 31st. And then my youngest, we do basketball practice together. And we just try and do five to 10 minutes. I just want them to move their body. It's really great time interaction. I let them pick the soundtrack that we work out to, that we kind of do just move together and spend time together. And then eight o'clock, I'm in the shower grabbing breakfast and I'm usually at the door by kind of 8.30 or at my desk by 8.30. But that's generally how I'm getting started. That is an incredible, I love, love, love how you have included your kids in such a meaningful way into your morning routine. I have a similar thing, although my boys are still a little young to work out with me, but I will say I used to wake up at 4.45.5. I have a little morning thing that I do with my prayers and I actually have a skincare program that I stick to. (laughs) I used to run right out the door to train and now I've actually changed it 
where I don't train first thing because I really enjoy this time that I get at six o'clock in the morning, like clockwork. I've already prayed, meditated, journaled, read, had all my athletic greens and all that good stuff. I'm sipping my coffee at this point, and my my older son, Finn, walks downstairs and then just comes and sits in my lap. And it's every morning, like clockwork, in my journal, it always prompts me a question, you know, one thing that you're grateful for. And I just can't help but always write, I can't wait for my son to make his way downstairs because I just sit there with him. You know, sometimes it's just a minute that until he gets restless, but he'll hug me so tightly. And it's a moment where I've got candles lit at the breakfast nook. I'm sitting there, I'm feeling inspired because I've just done all these awesome things in the morning. And then I get to spend this time with my kid. And um, we share that, which is totally amazing. I used to start my day more slow in the sense that like, you know, by journaling, and then I ended up never getting to my workout. You know, that was my challenge. And so I reoriented my day so that when I'm sitting at my desk, the first thing I do is I am planning the day. But, you know, I think that's why it's so important to test these things and do what works for you. But it might be partly due to the fact I'm type one diabetic and it is really important for me to move my body. Otherwise I don't feel right. And if I don't feel right, like I'm not as present with my kids as I need to be. And so I found that when I worked out, I'm almost too excited for them. They come in, they're, you know, coming out. I'm like, here we go. We're going to go do basketball. Come on, let's go. And I will tell you what, there's just nothing better than that. It really is for people who are, you know, scared about parenting and fatherhood. It's super hard. That was the thing you and I like immediately connected on. And I think we shared stories about some of the stuff that we've gone through through the years with our kids and various challenges and health challenges and scares, but it's the fabric of life. For me, it's everything. I want to hear about your evening routine. Do you have a wind down routine? Yes. And this is probably the most important thing that I learned is because before I was so focused on this morning routine and I, I realized I was like, if I wake up early, my day starts right. But it's actually, again, personally for me, it isn't the waking up. It's the going to bed part that sets the next day up for success. And I'm pretty militant about getting into bed by 10 o'clock. My wife is a huge help here. We wind down together. I have my five-minute journal right by my bedside. That's the same one that I used in the morning. And we do it together. We talk about what are we grateful for during the day. And this year, we've also incorporated a family goal. We've done this the last four years where we picked a big family goal. So four years ago, or maybe it was three years ago, we did a, a no sugar challenge where the kids and us, we did no desserts, candy, anything for an entire year. And we shamelessly paid our children. We were like, hey, you're going to be able to make this much money. And they got one cheat day every month and it aligned around the holidays. So you know, I didn't want them to not be able to trick or treat or something like that. There's this book called The Invisible Bucket. That's a great book. Maybe read it with your kids, but it talks about how everybody we know is walking around with an invisible bucket. And we have the opportunity to fill that bucket by the way that we treat them and the way that we, the way that we act. So she printed this huge poster of this bucket and it's got like a thermometer on it. And our family goal is to fill 1500 buckets this year. 
at dinner, we talk about what did we do to fill somebody's bucket? And then we write it on this little, you know, there's stars in different shapes, and then we put it on the board. And so that's been part of our routine. And it's, you know, I think it just tries to orient a life of service and, and help our kids remember that we're lucky to be here. And we have an opportunity to serve others and, and, um, and try and contribute positively to the world. But that's the bedtime routine is try and go to sleep in a positive mindset. That's amazing. You're inspiring me. Um, we, uh, <laughs> what, I, what I've been doing with my kids um, is I've got a couple of different sheets on the, on the door where I'm trying to teach them value. And so every night, my older son is responsible for turning off his bearded dragon's lights and filling his water. And then my youngest son is a little bit more ambitious. And he actually feeds our dog Bowie <laughs> and fills his water. Taking that responsibility. And also getting paid for it, you know? So I pay them bi-weekly. And uh, it typically looks like anywhere from eight to 12 bucks. And so that's where we're at. But I really do love The Invisible Bucket. I'm going to have to get that book and, and read it to the kids. You know, I, I became friendly with a guy named Van Russell who's actually a banker who I, I connected with a number of years ago. And he was telling me what he does with his family for family vacations. And what he does with his family for vacation every year is they choose a place on the map that could potentially be a really beautiful, amazing place to visit that is also in need of charitable efforts. They've gone to Haiti. They've gone to places in South America. They've gone to places in Eastern Europe, in Africa. And they've worked with organizations to build homes, figure out water systems, like all sorts of cool stuff. And I feel like that is such a cool way to introduce being of service to your family. The other thing that I'll share with you, because I know you're a man of faith, we always try and say family prayer together. I was attending church a few years back. I can't remember when, but somebody got up and they basically challenged the congregation. They said effectively, like, are we bringing the same level of planning and idea creation in our homes and our families that we are at work? We had just finished at Rome like this deep strategic long range plan. And it like cut me to the core because I was thinking to myself, okay, I just put in awesome mission statement. We built a lot of alignment around it. We have company principles. Everybody understands that Rome employees are gritty, responsible, evolving, authentic, and team-centered, like all this stuff. And I said, what's the culture that we're creating at home? And so my wife and I, once a year, we'll go and we'll do like a family planning session. It's like a two to three day thing. And on that year, we decided to come up with a family cheer. And it's like a little goofy, but every night we say family prayer together and it rotates who says it. But then at the end, the, the cheer is, who are we? We are the check Who are we? We are the check We basically go through this, you know, whole mantra where we talk about what we're, you know, what we are as a family. And then at the end, we say check like a rock and our dog will howl as we cheer. It's this kind of amazing thing that we do together. And there are days when the kids aren't like super excited about it, but then there are days where they really are because whoever says the prayer gets to lead the family cheer. and. I just love it because there's definitely a family culture and the way that you create that culture, if you're, you know, to your point about habits, if you are not intentional about it, it will just happen. Your kids just grow up. The days just pass, the years pass. 
and you're either intentional about the culture that you're trying to create at home, it doesn't mean that your kids are going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that they're going to be great at sports or great at school, but it does mean that you've set up a structure where you are intentional about the type of culture you're trying to create in your home. And I think that makes a difference. I really fundamentally believe that, you know, you're either, you're either trying to, you know, design a life or you're letting life happen to you. And I just much prefer to, to try and design it, you know, knowing that you're not in full control. I want to just quickly touch on prayer for a minute. Prayer has been a huge part of my life for years and years. I'd probably say that it is the one habit that I have done every single day consistently without fail for 17 years. And I just want to preface, when I say prayer, I don't necessarily mean religion. When I say prayer, I mean, I know that asking for help is something that we all struggle with. But particularly men, like I, it's just worth like on a research scientific basis, men are far less likely to ask for help when dealing with a challenge than women are. And it is like, because we spoke, focus so much on men's mental health, it's just worth noting. It's some, it's a huge issue. And for me, it was a huge issue and at times still is, but I was taught early on that one of the greatest habits to get into the rhythm of is to start my day with pure, unedited humility. And the way I do that is on my knees, in the bathroom, talking to the universe and asking for guidance and structure and support and help to stay on a path. And I don't know why it works. I cannot tell you why. I don't pretend to know, but I know it does. And for anybody listening, like, don't get scared. This is not, this is not, you know, religious talk here. This is universal communication. And it has a lot to do with my sobriety as well. However, I will say that there is something incredibly powerful about understanding that there is energy and power greater than myself out there and any other human being that I'm connected to that really does have my back. And I believe that. I loved what you said. It is so beautiful. And it's something that resonates with me because I remember the first time I got a five-minute journal and I, Alex Icon, who founded it, is one of my close friends. And I love this guy. I don't know if you've ever met Alex. You should have him on the pod. He is a world-class human, great guy, originally from Russia and then Canada. And just, he's got such a great sense about him. But I remember thinking, it's like, you know, three things you're grateful for. Talk about your mantra, what your day is going to go like. And it's prayer. It is written out prayer. And there's value. And what I've learned, because I used to discount it, there's value in pen to paper. And there's a different feeling when you kind of take it from here to there. But there's no stigma around that. And people are like, this is, it makes such a difference when I start my day with gratitude or when I talk about what I need to be successful. I'm like, yeah. And by the way, it's been practiced for thousands of years. It's not new, but it definitely makes a difference for me as well. And I think there's, I think there's a lot of power to it. Three habits that don't have to be part of your morning or evening routine, but three habits that you simply could not live without that you believe help design the life that you are living today that you implement on a daily basis? 
this isn't necessarily a daily habit, but it is one that's really important. And I think it's worth mentioning kind of outside of the morning or evening routine. And that is creating a year plan. So I have a big calendar and I basically go in and I write what I want to accomplish in the year. And then I specifically put it in the calendar. Again, it goes back to this whole idea of life happening to you or you deciding you know, what the year is going to be like. And so I created this list of 40 things I want to do before I turn 40. And I have put them into the calendar, different things that I want to accomplish or experience. And I have full intention to do all of them before, you know, this coming November when I cross over into the 40s. But that is one habit that I think I like couldn't live without now. It's something that I'm checking in on a weekly basis. Uh, And then the other habit is you can't see it here, but I have all these charts it's similar to the sticker chart where I'm marking off things that I've set out to do because I think goal setting, this is a hot take, arguably overrated. Goal monitoring and habit monitoring is more important than the goal setting piece, or at least it's as important because any of us can set a goal. You know, anybody can say, Hey, I want to go and win a competition, but the difference is, whether or not you're actually going to do it. And the accountability piece is crucial. So for me, I'm like a very visual person. I like coming into my office every day and seeing what I've committed to and then marking off the progress as I'm getting there. The third habit is prayer. I, uh, I definitely start and end my day with a morning and an evening prayer. My wife and I pray together and it's, you know, it's something that's really important to us is our faith and it centers us and it colors the way we see everything. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's really important to me. One habit that you've broken, how you broke it and how that has changed your life. I think the biggest thing that I've been focused on the last couple of years that has brought, you know, because COVID has been weird, but I think we've become a society of talking about others really negatively too easily. And it is something that I've been very specifically trying to focus on which is when somebody's not in the room, I should not be talking about them negatively. And I am far from perfect about this. And I'm definitely used to be worse. But it's just this idea of, you know, trying to bring any challenges or frustrations that I have with that individual directly to that individual versus in a destructive way, just, you know, spreading negativity about people behind their back. It changes how you feel about people when you're with them. It just changes your overall feeling about life. And again, it's not to say that in a therapeutic way where you couldn't go and say, I'm having this challenge with my coworker. What do you think I should do? This is what's happening. Of course, that's okay. But we should all know the boundary where it goes from that to just indulgent gossip or complaining. It's something that I've been focused on lately. I love that habit break. That is such a good one. I have such identification with that. And you just now sort of brought it to top of mind for me to, to really refocus on that because I've got some experiences over the years and tough partnerships and learning the hard way. And I, I, the only thing I'll say for the listener is if you're going through something difficult with someone or you've gone through something difficult with someone and you feel it necessary to communicate what's happened and manipulate it so that the person you're talking to potentially begins to co-sign your shit and then potentially 
produces ill will for that person. I'm here to tell you that that act that you've just done is deepening a resentment and keeping it alive. And it's toxic and dangerous. And the only person that that is going to impact is you. Um, just a few more things. A little quick fire. Go-to cheat meal. Cheeseburger. I could have a cheeseburger every day for the rest of my life and be a happy man. I, I don't have them very much, but that is my big indulgence. Favorite city in the world? I'm biased, but it's New York. It is the greatest city. I'll fight anybody who says differently. This is a tough one. All-time favorite book? That is a tough one. Um, excluding a few, I would say the book that changed me the most was Seven Habits of Highly Successful People by Stephen Covey. It has a little bit of an off-putting title, especially today. It really teaches principles of success and this idea of you know, envisioning you know, before you act, you're kind of envisioning you're creating this blueprint. And these, these seven habits have been a big part of my life since I read it when I was 19. So it's definitely a great one. This podcast is brought to you by, you guessed it, Creatures of Habit. Creatures of Habit is a lifestyle and wellness brand rooted in functional nutrition. The protagonist is a superhuman, incredibly delicious instant and overnight oatmeal blend developed to feed your body the most optimized blend of vitamins, minerals, and macros. With premium oats, 30 grams of plant-based protein, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D3, a probiotic, and digestive enzymes in each pouch, you will never have to think about what to eat for breakfast, pre-workout or post-workout meal, or a healthy meal any time of the day in a pinch. Made four simple and convenient ways. One, just add hot water. Two, overnight in the fridge. Three, add to a delicious smoothie or simply put in the microwave. Take the stress out of worrying about what to eat for a healthy and delicious way to kickstart your day. And if you fast, this is the perfect meal one as it delivers wellness, satiety, and delicious flavors. Pop over to creaturesofhabit.com. That's creaturesofhabit.com with a K, creaturesofhabit.com, and put in promo code K-O-H-P-O-D-20 for 20% off your first order. Last question, Nate, and this one is a big one. It's a powerful question. You are an ambitious guy. You have put a lot up on the board. You are humble. You are kind. You have been the leader of a number of different businesses. You are a family man. You keep yourself in tip-top shape. What is it all for? That is a big question. It's an existential question. For me, a big part of it is, is legacy for my kids. What am I, what message am I sending to them? But it is also a little bit about fulfillment and, you know, finding, finding fulfillment there. So I would say first and foremost, it's about legacy and fulfillment. There's that great Vince Lombardi quote where he said, I've never met a man worth his salt who at his core doesn't love the grind. And that's kind of how I feel when people don't want to grind or they don't want to work. I'm like, no, that's okay. We just probably won't get along very well. <laughs> like I love people who are in it with all their heart, who are failing and striving and making mistakes, but just getting up and not giving up. And that to me is the, is the definition of success. It sounds cliche, but it's really true. Nate, this was an awesome, awesome conversation, man. 
you delivered on all cylinders. There is nothing but value here. I guarantee that the people listening to this podcast today are walking away with a fair amount more than what they walked in with. So I can't thank you enough for taking the time, man. And um, for anybody out there who uh, wants to check out some of the coolest men's performance apparel, specifically the jogger pant, which I love. Which one is it? What's it called? It's the the spar pant. Yeah. You're a big fan of the spar. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of the spar pant. I wear them all the time to work. When I work out, kicking around the house, the brand is incredible. And what you've done with it is is amazing. And I can't wait to do some stuff with grown and creatures of habit. Where can people find you? Where can people follow along with what you're doing? I'm not super active on social media, embarrassingly, but Instagram is at Nate Checkets. And then, you know, obviously on all of our own channels. But yeah, I, I, I just would echo what you say, Mike. I've loved spending time with you. You're definitely an inspiration for a lot of people. And you stick to your principles, which is rare these days. Too many people kind of flap in the wind and move direction. And I, I, I love that about you. I admire that about you. And I appreciate the good work that you're doing because you are in it and you are striving. And I love strivers. That's what we built Roan for. We, we build it for the striver. That's definitely you. Thank you so much, my brother. Look forward to speaking to you soon and uh, giving you a high five. Awesome, man. And there you have it, folks. I hope we delivered some valuable content for you to implement into your life on a daily basis. Please remember that our habits have the power to make us or break us. Replacing bad habits with great ones is the answer to living a life of happiness, optimism, and high performance. We are capable of achieving anything. We all have what it takes to give it all we've got. Commit to one great habit each day and truly commit and watch how everything in your life starts evolving from good to great. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating and a nice review that will help us grow this podcast, bring on more amazing guests, and continue to deliver invaluable content on a weekly basis. Lastly, Please share this podcast with any friends or family that you think might appreciate it. And always remember, want plus do equals have. Until the next one, fam. Peace.